0: Yeah. Amen and amen. We want to welcome every person that's here. What a wonderful, wonderful group of uh, God-loving people that are in this first service. And also, we want to welcome you if you're watching online uh, on our online campus. Uh, thank God for each of you, and we're praying that uh, that the Lord will bless you for taking the time to to, to gather with us and to hear the voice. Of the Lord that comes through his what? Through his word. Amen. So um, another thing that's important, real quick, as I dropped everything. If you don't mind, why don't we just take a little bit on, and talk about uh, the connect card? If you if you will look in front of you, there is an orange connect card, and the reason that this matters to us is because you matter to God. And so if you don't mind, go ahead and get the card that's in front of you, it's on the the bottom of the chair in front of you, and and pull it out and wave it in the air so that I know that you have it, like if you really do care, okay, like if you really do care, right? (laughs) This card is is special, If if you're new with us today, we want to welcome you. And uh, we would love to, for you to fill out the Connect card if you feel comfortable. Um, and it's pretty simple. You know, put whatever you feel comfortable in the front, front part, which is your name and, and your address and, and uh, maybe some steps that you may be taking today. Um, and then the back part of the card, uh, there's two very important items. The first one is a place for prayer. We call it the need God. How many of you need God for something in your life right now? I know I do for several things. And then there's another part right there that says, go God. And it is where we're sharing a testimony of something that the Lord has done wonderful for us this week. And how many of you have a a testimony of of God doing something, answering a prayer, just moving in your life? Yeah, I've got many of those. Because God, every time I take a breath, I say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. That's a wonderful testimony. So fill out the card. You can drop it off at the... At the uh, giving boxes at the uh, H doorway. And uh, thank you for for doing that. How many of you believe that serving is important? Serving others. How how many of you would say that serving is a part of how we worship God? Yeah. Well, next week, we are going to be closing the doors of the building at both campuses, because we are going to be opening up our hearts by being the hands and the feet of Jesus in a lot of different places around our communities. So we're, we got uh, two workplaces in Oracle that we're going to do some major, major work, and uh, we've got uh, a place in San Manuel that we're doing uh, some major renovating and, and uh, cleaning up. And then we've got uh, three locations in Kearney that we are going to be doing some work. <clears throat> so um, I think it's important that we are the church not only uh, here in, a, in, in our gathering, but that we're the church in our world. In fact, the church, ekklesia is a, is a word for church in the Greek, the original word, And what ecclesia means, uh, it means those that have been called out of the world for a certain purpose. And that purpose that we've been called out for is to be a part of God's people. We've been called out for Christ. And uh, we are a part of what Christ is doing in our world. So it's important for us to, to allow the Lord to direct us and guide us in everything that we do. And Jesus is our example For serving. In fact, it's Jesus Christ who said, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus came to serve others, and then he came to give his life the ultimate uh, service that he could ever give. He sacrificed his life so that people would be able to come to the Father through what he did on the cross at Calvary. And so with that, he, he motivates us to serve. And if Jesus cannot motivate us to serve, nothing will. Nothing will. So I want us to go to a, a, a passage in, in, in the Gospel of John, in the narrative of John, and we're going to look at a place where Jesus took the place of a servant. And he taught his disciples something that is vital to how they were gonna live out the rest of their lives. The the, the remainder of their lives after this happened was going to be lived out by being servants unto one another and to everybody that God brought into their path. And so my prayer for for you that are here in the in-person service and those that are watching abroad is that the Lord will motivate us together collectively to become the servants that change our world. When you serve, it changes people around you. But when you serve, it changes you as well. It does something to us when we actually take the place of a servant and we do the work of God. So we're going to go to chapter 13, verse 1. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. I'm reading from the NLT, and it'll be in your notes as well as on the screen. Um, and here's what it says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. Now he knew that he knew he was about ready to go to the cross, is what it's telling us there. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. That's a very important piece of serving. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And what does this teach us? That the enemy is always lurking, trying to keep us from doing the work of God. We don't put our focus on the enemy but we discern that the enemy is trying to keep us from doing the work of God, amen? Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, he took off his robe, he wrapped a towel around his waist, and he poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Now, there's a spiritual spiritual, uh, uh, side to this passage as well as a practical side. Here's the spiritual side right here. Jesus is telling you, telling Peter, unless I wash you, unless I cleanse you, you will not be cleansed of your sins. Amen? He said, unless I, unless I, unless you believe in me and you trust in me and the blood that I will shed at Calvary will cleanse you from all your unrighteousness, you have no part with me. And that's exactly what he's telling Peter right here. So Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. And don't you love the Bible, how it explains itself? How the Bible gives us clarity. He's talking about Judas right there, right there. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again, and he sat down and he asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher... Rabbi and Lord, kurios, which means supreme in authority, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Let me just pause right there and explain this. Um, the, the, the servant in that context, in that historical context, in that day, the servant that washed the feet of the master And the master's family and the master's guest was the lowest of all servants of the house. He wasn't the servant that served at the table. He wasn't the servant that took care of the animals. He wasn't the servant that uh, was doing other duties. He was the lowest servant that washed the feet. And in that day, people didn't have shoes, they didn't have socks. They didn't walk on, on, on pavement, they didn't walk on concrete, they walked on dirt roads where animals were pulling uh, uh, carriages and pulling you know, uh, the things that they pulled and were going back and forth and they, they would uh, go to the bathroom on, on those streets and you would walk with sandals and you'd get all this stuff on your feet. So this was the, the, the most undesirable serving that there was in the house. That's very important for us to understand right there. He said, I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their masters, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, I love this. It's a great way to end on this, on this passage. God will bless you if you do them. God will bless you if you do them. I want to talk about five motivators from Jesus that will lead us to serve. Here's the first motivator. It's God's love that leads us to serve others. At the very core, the very premise of serving one another is the love of God that permeates our hearts and our lives. When you serve like Jesus serves, there's an overflow of God's love coming from you to the lives of others. It's it's God's love for me That leads me to serve others with his love. It's not by having to do something for others. It's desiring to do things for others because of God's unconditional love for each of us. Our serving is not a duty. It's an extension of the love of God flowing through our actions. As Paul is writing to the church in Galatia, he says this in verse 13. He says, serve one another in love. And this is when he, when he said it is for, 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 for freedom that Christ has set us free. And, and he set us free so that we can make a difference in other people's lives. It's Jesus being the truth. And the truth of Christ sets us free from the law and us having to do things in our own abilities. And in our own work, and our own merit. It is the freedom that comes from the cross of Jesus that exemplifies the love of God. And the things that prompt us to do things for other people. It's God's love that makes a difference. It's not even the act. It's the love that permeates from the act. Amen? It's what what comes out through the heart of God. So the church has never been forced to serve others because that's not the heart of God of Christ, but it's out of the love that he served his disciples, and it's because of that love that works in each one of us in this modern day that we go out and serve. Why do we close the doors of the building so that we can open up our hearts to the people in our communities? It is because of the love of God. It's not to elevate Living Word Chapel, but it's to raise the banner of Jesus Christ and how much he loves people. When we understand that that, that the church was never intended to be um, a bunch of people sitting in rows that listen to one person every Sunday and you listen for information... Without listening for transformation, you find that God is at the center of transforming people's lives. If our lives are not being changed for the glory of God, then where is God? Are you with me? If our lives are not being changed to make a difference in our world, then where is Christ? If our lives are not overflowing with love that can only permeate from the throne of the Master then where's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's our helper. He's our counselor. he's 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 the one that reveals Christ to us. And when he's working in us and through us as a church, God's people, we go out into our world with the love of God and make a difference. So the first motivating factor that leads us to serve others is God's love. The second thing that I learned from from Jesus is this. Jesus never thought that he was above anyone to serve them. The reason it's so important, this passage is so vital to us going out and serving is because, as I mentioned, the servant who washed the feet in that master's home was the lowest of all the servants. And Jesus took the place, not of the second in command, not of the third, but he went down to the very bottom of the lowest. And he washed all the doo-doo, all the poo-poo of the feet of his disciples. That's why Peter was so strong and adamant about him saying, are you gonna wash my feet, Lord? How, I cannot let you wash my feet because that's the lowest of all servants. But Jesus taught us something. Jesus, though he is God... Though he is the greatest teacher that ever lived, he never thought himself higher when it came to serving. He humbled himself, and he washed the feet of others. Look at what it says in in, in verses 3 to 5. It helps us. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. Everything. Jesus knew his position. In Matthew 28, he tells the disciples, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. There is no spiritual being that's over me. There is nothing on earth that is above me. And yet he came and he served with the love of God. Let me me ask you a question. Why can't we serve God? With the love of God. Do we think that we're better than the people that we're serving? Can those thoughts come into our minds? Of course they can. But we go together because Jesus did, did that. Look, let's keep on reading. And that he had come from God and he would return to God. So he got up from the table. He took off his robe. He wrapped a towel around his waist. He poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. And, and, and I think about how how the Lord prepared himself and prepared those that he was going to serve with, with love as, as being the premise. But then he motivated them because he showed them that he was not willing to think he was above them to serve them and I thought about this as I was just reading this right now we uh, we went to this location where we're going to be doing the work and we're going to be changing out uh, uh, some some uh, benches we're going to put new wood on the benches we're going to do all kinds of work on the tables just just do refurbish them and uh, one of the the leaders one of the administrators says to to my wife she says why don't we Bring them in and we're gonna have someone put LWC on him, stamp uh with, with woodwork, LWC. And I thought about this and I said, we don't want LWC to be stamped on the things that we're serving. So I'm gonna say to her, why don't you put 316 on those tables? Why don't you put 316 on those benches? Because the only one that deserves the glory is Jesus. The only one that deserves any accolations. Is Jesus, and you have to put your attitude aside. To serve like Jesus, we have to put our tudes in check. Amen? And I think a lot of times people have a difficult time serving because their attitudes don't let them go down and serve where people need it. Paul, writing to the church in Philippi, he put it like this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same tude or attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a a slave or a servant. And can I tell you something, beloved? When we do this, the church shines bright. When we take on the example of Christ, we become the salt of the earth. And salt does a lot of wonderful things. It makes things taste better. You want your community to taste better? Quit talking about how bad they are and do something about it. You you want to make a difference in this country? Quit talking about how bad this country is and do something about it. Walk out the things of Christ. Let me tell you something, the only one that will change our cities, our towns is not It's no one here on earth. It's Jesus. And Jesus working through his people. If your neighbor needs help, help him. Help her. If your park needs cleaning, let's clean the parks. If people need loving, let's love on them like Jesus calls us to love on them. But we have to humble ourselves because sometimes we think we're better than other people. Hear me now, church. This is very important. If we don't grab a hold of the fact that we are just like everybody else who need a Savior, Jesus Christ, and we say, Lord God, work in us so that you can work through us, nothing will ever change in our lives. Nothing will ever change in our families. But here's what I know for sure. God has the power. To change us, and God has the power to change people through us, but we have to humble ourselves. Look at verse twelve and fourteen, and through fourteen. After washing their feet, he put his robe. Uh, he put on his robe again. He sat down and he asked, "Do you understand what I was doing?" He said, "You call me teacher and Lord, <clears throat> and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed, washed your feet, you ought to wash." Each other's feet, and 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 I want to I want to say this to you because sometimes I, I think we we take this this passage uh, wrong because we take it literal. We think you know what if we wash everybody's feet, we're doing the work of God. That that's not that's not what I see in this passage. Because when when you wash someone's feet in modern days, most feet are in pretty good shape, Amen. But if you do something that is the lowest. The lowest place of society, then you're doing the work of God. I, I was I was reading about this or, or listening to this person that talked about how her parents would go to to in LA they'd go to Skid Row, and they would serve. And these these parents were pretty affluent; they had done well in the music industry, and they began to go to the to the lowest of the low, and they would feed them, have a feeding program, and they would they would work on helping them. And and many countless lives were changed for the glory of God. Beloved, it's time for us. It's time for us to go out and help the lowest of the low. It's time for us to go out and help the people who need help. Not because we have an agenda, but because we love Jesus Christ. Because his word is true and because his heart is for people to change your life, and we are not better than anybody else. Here's motivator number three: Jesus never made excuses that would prevent him from serving others. And I know I'm not talking to first service. You've never made excuses about serving in the church or serving, you know, in other locations. Uh, but sometimes people make excuses from serving others. Sometimes people say, "I'm just too busy." I'm too busy. I I don't have time to to do these things that you're calling me to do. Or some people say, I'm just too tired. I'm too tired to to do anything. Uh, Or I'm too old. I'm too old. I raised my kids already. I'm not going to be raising somebody else's kids. Can I tell you, if if you would grab a hold of the, the wisdom that God has poured into your life... And if you would realize that that wisdom needs to be imparted in young people, you would change your mind. If you would grab a, the fa- grab a hold of the fact that, that there's, there's a young mom who needs to hear truth on Sunday that will change her life forever, you would say, you know what, I'm going to watch. I'm going to work in the nursery. I'm going to serve in the nursery. And here's what you need to know about Living Word Chapel. At Living Word Chapel, we never call people volunteers. We always call people people who serve Jesus' purposes. There's a difference. Did you know that? A volunteer says, Well, I volunteer at the United Way or I volunteer at the food bank. I do this. But when you serve like Jesus, you serve for his glory. Amen. It's not about you, it's about him. When you're in the back and you're serving in the, in the sound and the lights and, and all of this, you're not doing things for, for your glory. You're not volunteering. You're serving the purposes of God. And there's a big difference, beloved. You take on the attitude that Jesus took. He didn't come to volunteer on earth. He came to serve and make a difference for the glory of God, the Father. And that's exactly what we do. We don't volunteer at church. We don't, we don't say, oh, I'm just too tired to volunteer. No, 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 no. The reality is sometimes we got to suck it up, buttercup. We, we, we have to serve God's purposes. We, we, hey, I follow you on Facebook, some of you. I follow you on Instagram. Don't tell me you're not, doing, you're not serving. You're serving other things. There's a lot of things that God wants you to do for his glory. We, we live in a society where everything's about me. I'm doing this for myself. I'm doing, oh, I'm having so much fun. I'm doing this. Oh, I'm doing cumbia. And, you know, I look like Elvis now. <laughs> but there's times that God calls us to make a difference in the world. I don't know enough. Some of you say, I don't know enough. Can I tell you? Then start teaching. Start working in the back. Every teacher is a great learner. You've got to study so that you can teach, are you with me? Or you, you, you might think I'm not spiritual enough. Well, start serving. Amen. Start serving. See how God will work in your, in your, in your spirit, and in your heart. you, you don't need God until you need God. Are you with me? And sometimes you're like, oh, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can serve in in, in the student ministry. I don't know if I can serve in, in the children's ministry. I don't know if I can serve uh, uh, ushering. I don't know if I can. You can, and once you do, God will equip you with a heart that's going to make a difference for his glory. That's just in the local church. But when we go into our communities, there will be people that are going to be talking to other people in our community. I believe this, that are going to be sharing the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. It's not only... Living Word Chapel that will be serving, there will be families that will come. In fact, I I, I would encourage you to invite your families and your friends. Say, would you like to go and let's make a difference in our world? And let them go out and let them, you know, roll up their sleeves to do the work of God. And I guarantee you that the Holy Spirit will be there because you're gonna be you're gonna be worshiping by serving, by taking on the attitude of Christ and not making excuses. Let me ask you a question. How can excuses keep us from impacting people for God's glory? How, how can excuses keep us from becoming the church that God intended us to be? Sad is a day, sad is a day when people think of church as going to someplace for an hour and hearing a man speak or a woman speak for one hour and then leaving thinking they've had church. Sad is a day. That's not what the scriptures talk, talk to us about. The church is not an hour. The church is a lifetime. The church is not a building. The church is a people. That's why COVID doesn't affect the church. Because you can shut the doors of a building, but you can't shut the hearts of a people. You can shut the doors of a building, but you can't shut the hands and the feet of a people. You can shut the doors of a building you can never shut the power of the living God in our world. Ever, ever, ever. And there will always be an excuse that will stifle us from impacting our world instead of being the hands and feet of Jesus. Here's motivator number four. Jesus is our example of serving others. These are his words. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. And what I've come to realize about my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, is that he never calls me to do something that he hasn't already done himself. He came to this world and was born 100% human so that he could identify with us as people. Though he was 100% God, he became like us. Jesus, the Lord of glory, got baptized by John at the Jordan River. John the Baptist. He, he shows me that I need to get baptized. He's my example. Jesus gave and made the world a better place. It, he teaches me that I should be a person who gives and makes the world a better place. Jesus served others as the lowest servant. He teaches me that I should be willing and actually counted a blessing to serve others as the lowest of servant. And you grab a hold of that fact. you understand that it's Jesus that is motivating you by his example to be like him. When you are serving, you are being like Christ. That's why the devil doesn't want us to serve. That's why the world wants to for you to receive the glory. Think about it. Why did this person from the world say, why don't you put your, your name on the on the benches? Why don't you put living word chapel on the benches? That, that was a work of the enemy trying to get the glory when the glory belongs to Jesus. Our Lord teaches us, he said, I came to do the will of my Father. He came to glorify the Father. And we, from that example, we live our lives to glorify Jesus. And the Holy Spirit working through each one of us is a difference maker for the glory of Christ. But you've got to be willing to do it. You've got to be willing next week to say I want to be a part of it. See, what I've come to find out in my life is I do more with the help of others than I could ever do by myself. Amen? And, And the problem that sometimes we have as leaders is that we want to do things on our own because we don't want anyone else maybe to... To come in and 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 sometimes we get this skewed mentality. Oh, they're just gonna they're just gonna mess up. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get in the way. That's not that's not the facts. The facts of the matter is that all of us bring certain giftings, we bring certain abilities to the table, and we're better together. Jesus could have done it all. Think about it. He's the Lord. No one can do the things like Jesus can. Think about it. And yet he chose misfits. He didn't even go to the, he didn't go to the, the, the Bible college. He didn't go to, to, to where the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the elite were. He went to fishermen. He went to, to zealots. He went to, to prostitutes. He went to all these broken people, and he fixed them through the glory of God and through the power of God, and he said, now go change your world. See, beloved, you're called to be a difference maker, but you can never make a difference sitting on the pews. In fact, the only things we do on the pews, if we stay there too long, is we start going pew. And the church has never been called to be stinky. Amen? We're the aroma of Christ. We're the aroma of God. That's why I have, I have no reservations of serving our communities. I have, I have no problem with doing that. I believe it's a hand of God, and I don't care who we're serving. I don't care what party they belong to. I don't care what ethnicity they are. I don't care what social class they are. Here's what I know for sure. They need a Savior, and I want them to find Jesus Christ and be with me in heaven. I want them to be in heaven. And here's the last motivator, and if this doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will. God will bless us when we serve others. Not only is serving others good for them, but it's good for us. Remember I've talked about dopamine and that chemical that that body produces, and you feel better. when, when, When dopamine is produced, you feel happy, you feel joy. Can I tell you that when you serve others, dopamine is produced? Also, when you give, when you when you give to others and you help them, dopamine is produced and you feel better. Did you know that when you when you when people take from you that that you don't produce dopamine and you feel worse? So here's the thing: if 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 you're if you're a giver and you're not always a taker, you're going to feel better. Your life will be better. You get your mind off your problems when you're serving others. And let me tell you what happens when you serve others. You you realize that your problems are not as bad as you thought. You don't have it as bad as you thought you had it. Jesus says, now now that you know these things, now that you, you, you know these motivations, God will bless you for doing them. The, the blessings of God are on the other side of the threshold of serving others. And so we have a threshold before us. And it's next Sunday. And the blessings that we'll receive will never be realized if you don't cross the threshold. Are you with me? And so I'm asking you, I'm asking you to consider serving like Jesus next week. Ne- next Sunday is not a day off. For the church of the living God. It's a day on for the church of the living God where we actually get out of our pews, out of our seats, and we become the hands and the feet of Jesus for his glory. So let me ask you this Who's willing to go and make a difference for the glory of Jesus Christ? I'm in. I hope you're into. I hope you're into. Now in the back, in the cafe, there's a table with with three different places that you can serve. I'd love for you to put your, your name in one of those places. Samuel, Manuel, Kearney, the Copper Basin, and Oracle. We're better together, and we'll make a big difference together. If you're going to serve here in Oracle at 8 a.m., we're going to meet in the parking lot, and then from there, we're going to go to our workplaces. If you're going to serve in Samuel, you're going to meet at the high school parking lot. And then from there, you're going to go to the different places. If you're going to serve in Kearney, you're going to meet at the church parking lot, Living Word Chapel campus, the Kearney campus. And from there, we're going to go at 8 a.m. From there, we're going to go to our places and we're going to work. And I believe that God will be glorified through everything that we do for Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you do in us. Lord, you, you, you do such great work. You, you work deep down in our spirit and renew us to be more like Christ. And I just pray, Father, that as we allow for this to happen, this transformation, this, this, this wonderful work that only you can do, that, Lord, that we will allow you to, to be people of action and people that move out and make a difference in our world. Not for our own glory, but for your glory. May the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit be glorified through everything that we do at Living Word Chapel. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen, amen. and amen.